to the Botched Finish Podcast. Enjoy the following honest conversation about wrestling for people you want to watch wrestling with. And now your host. What's up, everybody? It's Lopaki, and this is another episode of The Undercard. Now, I know that this episode is just a little late, or maybe a little bit more than a little late. It's about three weeks um, since the last time we were here together. Last Undercard episode that came out was the week of Thanksgiving, so a lot to catch up on. Uh, you know, sometimes life happens, but the podcast is never too far away from my thoughts. And honestly, I'm happy to be back here and uh, and getting you guys caught up on the world of wrestling outside of AEW and WWE. Lots to go over this episode. We have a ton to cover from just about everywhere. Uh, you can anticipate us going over some of the big upcoming shows. We're looking at Wrestle Kingdom 14 for New Japan. Uh, we do also have Hard to Kill from Impact Wrestling, as well as some recent big shows that I kind of wanted to go ahead and recap. So I'm looking at you, NWA, and Into the Fire, and then Ring of Honor, Final Battle. Again, lots to get to today. Don't want to take up too much time here in the intro. Just let me drop the handles real quick. Should you guys want to get in touch with me or the show, don't be shy. You can get us get at us through email, botch or the botched finish at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, botched underscore finish, and then I at Rob Lopaki, R-O-B-L-O-P-A-K-I. Without any further delay, let me go ahead and get the undercard started. So getting us started tonight, we're actually going to hit on MLW, or Major League Wrestling. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on there, but the biggest deal right now is the Opera Cup. Now, I know we talked about that briefly in some past episodes, so let me just, just quickly. Um, the Opera Cup is a trophy that was last held by Stu Hart. Uh, once upon a time over I think it was 60 years ago now they used to have this yearly tournament with wrestlers around the area and uh, you know yada 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 the the guy that won at the end took home this really really nice uh, silver cup well apparently that cup's been sitting on some shelf in the Hart Mansion for the last 60 years and uh, this year with you know the the okay from you know Davey Boy Smith Brian Pillman members of that family they brought it out of retirement and we're actually going to be awarding that out again um, so it's really cool uh, the the actual tournament is going to be aired on ML F- MLW Fusion shows here for the for, for the next uh, you know uh, close future so uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, I was able to check out the very first one. It just came out. This last MLW Fusion does have the first two Opera Cup first round matches. Uh, real quick, those are uh, Richard Holiday and Timothy Thatcher in, in one. And then we have Brian Pillman Jr. and TJP in another. Now, talking about Thatcher and Holiday, I can tell you that it, it was a kind of a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, mostly for Holiday. it. MLW is a promotion I really kind of started getting into this year, and Richard Holiday was a guy that, you know, I was introduced to me through MLW. Now, a couple things about him, if you're not familiar, he is a he's a talented dude. Um, he's kind of a a jack of all trades, master of none so far, at least from what I can see. There's no real weakness there for him, and he can do just about everything, but maybe not to a real, um, you know, a, a real. Uh, advantageous point i suppose like nothing's a a real strength for him 
still worth watching, still improving though. And I do have a feeling that at some point that is going to shift. And, you know, Holiday's in there with a known commodity in Thatcher. Like we know what that guy's about. He's brutal. He's going to hit hard. He he has a, a, you know, a really high work rate or work quality in the ring. So uh, that match is worthwhile. Uh, the other one though, the other Opera Cup first round match, that's the one with Brian Pillman Jr. and TJP. That one was pretty much the selling point for me to want to, you know, watch this tournament. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was interested just, you know, hearing that they're going to be restarting this, you know, 60-year-old uh, tournament for this cup and all of that. That was cool, but, you know, when they started announcing the matches, this is the one that caught my eye. Both of these guys, really, really hot right now. TJP is a pro's pro. The man is world-traveled, he's sold out arenas, and on on you know what, all seven continents, maybe minus Antarctica. Um, but, you know, he, he's that guy. He's that guy that has a worldwide following that, that is known all over the place. And Brian Pillman, on the flip side, is, a, is somewhat of an unknown quantity. I mean, he is younger as far as his exposure on even a national level. It hasn't been I mean, it hasn't been as large as some others, even some of his family members like, uh, you know, Davey Boy Smith and Teddy Hart. But that's beside the point. Brian Pillman Jr. has been a a treat and a pleasure to watch because he seems to be getting so much better every time you see him. You know, for some guys, you'll sit there and you'll watch and you'll watch and you'll watch. And, you know, years down the road, you're still waiting for them to break through. With Brian Pillman Jr., though, you get this impression that it, it's starting to click more and more each time out there and more and more each time out there he's he's looking stronger and stronger so you know really really worth checking out um tjp is a personal favorite i can tell you i feel like that guy is one of the best in-ring workers at any weight in any company and any promotion around the world brian pillman is a young you know a wrestler dripping with potential and you know they have a really 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 good match so definitely recommend checking it out again that's mlw fusion um you can catch them on bn sports uh they do also have a youtube channel where it's available before we move on from there, though, I do want to talk about some of the other points of that card here. So um, King Mo of Bellator MMA fame is a recent signee of MLW, and he has been getting a lot of attention, rightfully so. I mean, he's coming in with a fan base. He has an established character for, for a lot of people. So, you know, he's the type of guy that that you can essentially give some time to and, um, you know, have people want to watch. So King Mo does make his next appearance. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up in particular though, is because he's actually in a tag match. He's in a tag match against the team of injustice, which is a faction at MLW and his tag team partner was a surprise. And yeah, I was kind of surprised that with all the, all the controversy and the noise and the, the smoke that's surrounding him currently, but uh, none other than ACH. ACH was King Mo's tag team partner in this match. Now, ACH, formerly Jordan Miles of WWE NXT fame, um, did just recently leave the WWE company. I'm sure if you've you're on Twitter or you follow the 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 dirt sheets or whatnot, you'll you'll know why there was some controversy around some of the merch that was coming out. Now, 
uh, ACH has been really polarizing. A lot of people on both sides of the fence, you know, out in support and kind of condemning you know, how he's handled the situation. I'm going to back off from that. You know, if you want to know my opinions, they're on Twitter. But fact of the matter is, is ACH is a very talented wrestler. Um, he may be, and I use this this word, um, you know, carefully, but he may be one of the best indie wrestling talents still available in the world. Now, the thing with him lately has been a, it seems to be, um, issues of immaturity maybe might be the way to put it but you know that's all beside the point uh, ACH is a fantastic competitor he is a fantastic in-ring performer and despite all of the controversy that surrounds him now it does appear like he is committing to MLW for um you know the the near future so that that'll be worth checking out ACH was a major player on the indie scene prior to his run or his stint with NXT and it seems to me like he's really trying just to kind of step right back into that role despite what his twitter says okay. all right so just the last few notes there from mlw um we did talk or we haven't talked about the top of the card there I, and i do just want to well i, I do just want to I do just want to touch on this briefly. Uh, Jacob Fatu is the heavyweight or world champion with uh, Major League Wrestling. He's also the heavy or the muscle for the major heel faction there. That's the Contra unit. Um, it does look like they're starting to get some work in with the Stronghearts. That's the um, the OWE crew, Shima, Lindemann, T-Hawk. They, um, they're kind of making cross-promotion appearances there. So I just wanted to bring that up. I know that a lot of people are becoming big fans of Strong Hearts, and it does look like they're going to be programmed with the top faction uh, at MLW in the Contra unit. And again, that does include the champ, Jacob Fatu, who you, if you haven't seen, go and look him up. So, so impressive. The the stuff that he can do at his size, it's it's honestly phenomenal. So yeah, I recommend checking it out. Again, this is all MLW or Major League Wrestling available on BN Sport uh, and YouTube. The show you want to look out for is the MLW uh, Fusion. All right, so moving on from MLW, I want to go ahead and uh, and talk about some some Ring of Honor notes. Now, uh, Ring of Honor, the the biggest uh, biggest story that's come out of there recently was the the recent big time show. Again, they did do Ring of Honor Final Battle um, just a few days ago. I want to say it was December thirteenth. Um, one of their bigger pay per views of the year. It is the last big event they do of the calendar year, and there are definitely some notes that we want to touch on. Um, first, let me kind of give you an idea of what that card looked like so on that card um kind of spread throughout we did have some pretty big names um we do did have joe hendry dalton castle silas young jeff cobb uh villain enterprises represented by marty Skrull and flip gordon uh we had uh, looks like uh, mark hoskins matt taven it, the list goes on and on but um yeah really worth really worthwhile um card as far as the talent concerned i want to start right at top though because we did have a ring of honor world championship title change 
Um, it was uh, the defending champion who was Roosh of recent CMLL fame and uh, PCO, the unnatural PCO. Uh, they uh, met each other head to head for the Ring of Honor World Champion. And I do want to take this opportunity to congratulate none other than Pierre Carl. Is, is it Wheelay? I believe that's how you say it. PCO. PCO, the wrestler who I first watched as a child in the Quebecers, is the Ring of Honor world champion. That's nuts. That is so cool, though. Like, that's honestly something that only is going to happen in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, maybe George Foreman coming back out of retirement in the 90s, knocking a dude out and getting the championship briefly. Maybe that's close, but, you know... PCO can still work. I mean, granted, he's not, he doesn't work like a young man, but, you know, he is a, a talented wrestler. He's positioned to kind of be the face of the company moving forward, which is an interesting concept considering that face is 50 years old. But hey, seems to be working with AEW. So not, not, a, I'm not going to fault uh, Ring of Honor for wanting to try that. Now, while we're talking about that world title match, though, the other half of that, again, that was Roosh. He has been making some waves recently, some some real newsworthy uh, recruits, I guess is the right way to put it. Um, uh, he's essentially looking to to restart or reform um, Los Ingrenables, uh, Mexico or Mexico um, and, and kind of use that that faction in both AAA and uh, Ring of Honor. So it's been pretty, pretty successful so far. Like I know on the, the south side of the border, he already has the support of Conan. Uh, I believe it's La Parca, uh, Killer Cross, who the, he'll come up later. I promise. Killer Cross, though, while he's working in Triple A, is a part of the uh, Los Ingrenables stable. Now, what's cool, though, is in addition to the... Um, to the Los Ingrenables in Mexico, he's actually bringing it uh, stateside as well. And we're looking to start a Ring of Honor Los Ingrenables faction. So, um, so far, that looks like it's going to be him. Uh, Dragon Lee, who's also probably going to come up a little later. Uh, Kenny King and Amy Rose. So that's really cool. You know, Roosh is a guy that has been trying to increase his uh, his American fan base, kind of get some more exposure here. And, and this is going to go a long way. I mean, not only does he have the, the Los Ingrenables banner behind him, which is in and of itself is a draw and really popular around the world, but he does also have some, you know, really talented wrestlers there to, to kind of run with in King and Dragon Lee. So really interested to see where that goes. I think he's the Roosh is the right guy to put at the head of that. I do think Ring of Honor has more momentum coming out of this show than than they had going in, especially with all the noise surrounding management and Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury and that whole that whole headache. I mean, it was nice to kind of be able to put that to the back burner for a few days, you know, be really happy for PCO's accomplishments and, you know, see that that there is still some some, um, some real positive footing and, and, and uh, some positive potential um, for Ring of Honor going into 2020. All right, so uh, moving on from that, uh, we're going to start talking about our first like preview show of, of this episode of The Undercard. I want to move right into Impact Wrestling, and I want to talk about the upcoming pay-per-view or a big event, Hard to Kill. 
Now, this is one that has been getting a a lot of attention in the wrestling world since uh, you know since the card was announced and as as the build's been coming, and it, it's for a pretty good reason. Uh, right at the top of the card, this is the uh, Impact event where we'll have Tessa Blanchard challenging Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship. Yes, I'll say that again. Tessa Blanchard, arguably one of the best female wrestlers in the world, will be wrestling Sammy Callahan, one of the top male wrestlers with Impact for the Impact World Championship. Yeah, that's that's huge. That is a historic moment. It is going to be a big deal when it happens. Um, and it is something that has really set impact aside or apart from you know the other companies right now is they are really the the company that's committing the strongest to uh, presenting intergender wrestling now regardless of your feelings on intergender wrestling i can tell you right now mine are pretty varied it is cool to see. It's cool to see somebody or or a company, you know, thinking outside the box and, and wanting to try different things. And as far as the people involved being Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard, Tessa especially is perfect for that moment. Tessa is exactly the type of talent that I would want to to be given this vehicle and and, and uh, you know this exposure as as a truly history making moment. That's cool. Like, I, I can't wait to see that. Um, I did get a chance to watch the last episode of Impact Wrestling. Uh, they do air Tuesday nights, so you can get them on Access TV if you have cable. If not, they do also simulcast on Twitch, which is where I typically end up watching it. But regardless, they they are definitely building something special. I have high hopes for this next uh, Impact pay-per-view, this uh, Impact Hard to Kill. Real quick, let me go ahead and give you the date. It's January 12th. Um, I'm going to cover the card here a little bit. We already talked about Callahan and Blanchard. They are working at the top for the World Championship. But we do also have the X Division Championship being defended. Uh, current champ Ace Austin is going to be working against Trey of the Rascals. Uh, we also have the Knockouts Championship being defended in a three-way. That's uh, going to be defending champion Taya Valkyrie uh, in the ring with Jordan Grace and none other than ODB. <laughs> ODB as in TNA Knockouts legend ODB is going to be in the triple threat and does have a shot at the women's title. Okay. A couple of other things on the card. The tag championships are going to be defended. Currently, they are on the north. That's Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. They will be defended against uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Now, again, this card is still kind of shaping out. We're a little under a month from the actual show, so I can I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see some things shift still, but um, definitely worth talking about. You know, definitely worth with what's been announced so far. It'll be worth watching, and and that doesn't even take into account how you know historical it'll be. You know, come main event. So really, really worthwhile. Again, that's uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, Hard to Kill, available on January twelfth, and I do believe that that'll be on Fight TV. A couple of other impact notes here. I <laughs> told you he'd come up later, but uh, literally just a little bit before I started recording the podcast within a few few hours, um, 
a interesting report regarding Impact Wrestling was uh, well came out, and it stated that disgruntled uh, Impact wrestler by the name of Killer Cross has officially been released. Yeah, Killer Cross is a free man. I know it's been a it's been a soap opera melodrama for the better part of the last year. The Killer Cross and Impact Wrestling standoff. Good news is, is it does look like that's finally coming to an end. Impact has granted him his release. Killer Cross is going to be able to start working elsewhere in the U.S. That's part of the reason he's worked in Mexico so much is because his non-compete doesn't extend down there. Um, now that it's 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 not there at all, though, imagine the the rumor mill. I mean, we're already kind of uh, reeling from from Skrull and all of that. Now we all of a sudden Killer Cross is available. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of noise about what happens with him next. I know that his wife, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, has um, signed with WWE and is currently with NXT in the Performance Center. A lot of opinions stating that he'll go there. I do think that they're probably best as a package. However, I could also see Killer Cross you know, making maybe taking a step um, outside of WWE. I could definitely see him doing some work with with AEW. He's obviously comfortable in Mexico. He, um, you know, the man is not uh, is not shy to travel. I'd be interested to see where he goes. I just will say I'm I'm not convinced it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be joining his wife Scarlett Bordeaux um, at the WWE Performance Center. Congratulations, Killer Cross. Can't wait to see what you do yet or what you do next. I know that as of yet, it's been quite a headache for you with the uh, Impact Wrestling situation. And honestly, I hope both parties, Cross and Impact, you know, move on and, and move on to some bigger things from here. So do you want to share that? A um, few other things to, to touch on here. Uh, I If you haven't given Impact a shot recently, and I do say that recently because I know if you're anything like me, you've given Impact shots, you know, to get your attention at, at different points over, you know, the life of the company. And it's just never held. At least it hadn't for me. Um, I can tell you that I am in the middle of giving them another shot. And so far, I've been really happy with what I've seen. I think Impact has one of the better weekly uh, presented products. Like, I, I feel like... Well, they maybe could use some some work in writing that they they tell pretty good long term storyline or stories. Um, everyone's kind of involved in a storyline right now. They it seems to me that they seek to be a little different. You know, they, they want to present different stuff. That's why they do things like, you know, Tessa challenging for the belt or, you know, three weeks ago doing the um, throwback to the non-existent IPWF in 1985 and doing just a random throwback episode. I mean, that's fun stuff. And it's been fun to watch so far. The mixture of talent currently at Impact is really intriguing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested or, or curious to see hopeful it's probably the best word i'm hopeful that i'll see impact continue this momentum and over the next year and into 2020 um you know really establish themselves as a uh, premier uh, destination all right so uh moving on to the nwa 
uh, lots to cover here as well. They did just have their very first uh, NWA pay-per-view event um, since the at least since the NWA Power um, debuted on, on YouTube. I mean, I know they had kind of a few one-off shows and all of that, but this is the first uh, one that's really come, you know, kind of as a result of what's been built on Power. Now. For those who haven't given it a shot yet or haven't, you know, had the time or whatnot to, to go check it out, I can tell you that it doesn't take a lot of your time. They're only hour-long episodes, but NWA Power Tuesday nights, YouTube or on YouTube at the NWA channel, they it is unlike anything else going on in the world of wrestling today. The the presentation is completely different. I mean, and again, you probably heard by now, but they do a a traditional or classic studio wrestling style presentation. But it's it's well booked, it's well worked. The episodes go quickly, and and you know it is honestly one of the best sixty minutes of of wrestling you can see on a weekly basis. So definitely recommend checking it out. Um, for those who are not familiar with what the top of that card looks like, I can tell you that Nick Aldis is currently NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, uh, formerly known as Magnus with TNA Impact. Uh, he is the guy there, um, and very deservedly so. I mean, honestly, he he does a lot to carry that championship with class, and, and he does at least out of everyone that's that's there now getting off the ground he'd be the guy that i'd want to see on that belt too so really worth watching there right at the top a couple of the other major players just like at um, at the pay-per-view he defended that title against uh cowboy james storm yep cowboy james storm of uh, formerly of beer money and america's most wanted of tna impact fame as well they did have the first main event um at the nwa pay-per-view and it was really entertaining classic two out of three falls match just like they used to do for the nwa world's title back when you know it was around the waist of guys with the names of you know harley race and rick flair and all of that but it's really cool what they do here. You know, they they seem to commit to meshing the the classic and traditional, you know, things that wrestling fans like with, you know, some of the newer stuff as far as you know, type of moves and and pacing the matches and obviously the talent, you know, so it's cool to see um, lots of cool stuff happen on that pay-per-view while I'm looking at it. So we did have the um, the Aldis and Storm match at at, at the top worth checking out additionally we did have a tag team title match as well and uh the tag team champions new newly crowned tag team champions going into the into the fire event was none other than the rock and roll express yeah now nine time nwa world champion wwe hall of famer rock and roll express I didn't know they were still wrestling for one and for two. Apparently, they're still wrestling at a championship level because they are the NWA Tag Team Champions. And it's been fun to watch. Um, that tag division is actually pretty underrated, in my opinion. I think not only do we have the Rock and Roll Express, but we do have um, 
the the wild cards uh latimer and i apologize i cannot remember the other guy's name but they're really entertaining the dawson brothers are big nasty heels that that you can get to hate um we've had some really good matches with uh eddie kingston and homicide so that tag division is looking pretty cool um i just i can't get a kick every time it dawns on me that yes the rock and roll express you know uh robert gibson and ricky morton they are the the nwa champions and it is not you know 1984 so it's uh, it's interesting um a few of the other people i want to highlight there especially coming out of that card some of the biggest biggest um beneficiaries or, or you know biggest um, pluses for for that nwa roster since nwa power on the men's side has been eli drake of impact fame and then we also have thunder rosa Okay, for the females, those two, if I were to pick a, a single wrestler on, on of either gender, those two are the ones that I recommend you not only watch NWA for, but you watch them specifically because both, in my opinion, are going to be really, really, really big deals sooner rather than later like this time next year, the names Eli Drake and Thunder, Thunder Rosa come up. Yeah. A lot of people are, are, are going to be acting like they knew a long time ago. They're lying. <laughs> Everyone can get, there's still time to get on the train now. So yeah, check them out. Thunder Rosa, Eli Drake, as far as that talent. Um, I do also want to talk about um, the, uh, the NWA national title. So that is like kind of like the mid-belt. It's, it's like the, the intercontinental title for NWA. Going into the Into the Fire pay-per-view, it was actually on Colt Cabana. Coming out of the Into the Fire pay-per-view, where it was defended in the three-way match, it's on a man named Aaron Stevens. Now, I didn't recognize the name Aaron Stevens. I happen to know him under the name Damian Sandow. Yeah, Damian Sandow of WWE Miz Stunt Double Fame is the national uh, champion for NWA. Uh, he, by the way, has been so good there. He is getting this, you know, holier-than-thou heel character really, really hot. In fact, in my opinion, he's one of the reasons that the question mark of who is also a very, very, very popular hot character for NWA feel like most of that's probably due to Aaron Stevens and his talent on the mic. So worth checking out there. A few other notes. The Into the Fire pay-per-view did show or did mark the debut of a new commentator. Ever since the Jim Cornette controversy went down and Cornette resigned, um, the reports were that he was being replaced, and he sure was. He was replaced by a man named Stu Bennett, who most people will probably remember as Wade or Bad News Barrett with WWE. Um, after kind of spending a, a little, a few years away from the ring doing some some other things in acting, it does look like he's coming back to the world of wrestling, at least to the commentator's desk. Personally, I hope that he makes that short little walk from the desk to the ring sooner rather than later, but he is a, a great commentator. He is a natural on the mic. He does add a level of 
credibility it's probably the right word um with just his in-ring knowledge and his experience when he's on that mic he does lean on that really well to kind of enhance the story in the ring so i feel like he'll be a, a very very welcome addition to the nwa broadcast but oh man be even more of a welcome addition to the nwa ring or any wrestling ring for that matter so if you're listening and i know you probably aren't but if you're listening Stu, please get back in their ring we'll love you for it all right so uh last few notes here um they did uh i kind of part of it uh Bennett actually uh, helped to re-debut or reintroduce a NWA title. So in addition to the, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, okay, uh, the NWA National title, there's also the NWA TV Championship. Now, that one's brand new. Um, they haven't awarded it to anyone yet. There's going to be a tournament. In fact, on the last this last week's NWA Power, they announced everyone in the tournament. So I recommend checking that out if you haven't got it yet. Again, NWA Power is available on NWA's YouTube channel. But that's cool. It's cool to see them bring belts back into play. Honestly, I'm the type of person I've always been a fan of having more, more rather than like, you know, fewer belts. I feel like a belt can a lot of times add um, not only to storylines and all that, they can help characters, but you know, it all has to be done well. Like, like that, that's the major drawback is, is a lot of people say too many belts muddies the picture. I don't believe that. I just believe that you have to be able to tell the stories well. So I'm excited to see the, the TV championship come back. I do have my personal favorites for that tournament. I'll go, I'll probably get into those next week, but I did do just want to bring that up. Um, Stu Bennett did, um, help to debut or re debut the nwa tv title that is going to be handed out here in tournament style very near future and then uh talk about burying the lead the very last thing about nwa i want to talk about is the very last thing that we happen to see on the nwa into the fire pay-per-view and that's none other than marty's girl yeah, that Marty Skrull, the founder and proprietor of Villain Enterprises, the hottest free agent in the wrestling world, and newest wrestler with NWA, <laughs> Marty Skrull. So that was cool. It's the very first thing Skrull's done since his Ring of Honor contract is up. I know he still has, there's still one more, I believe, Ring of Honor taping that has him on it. That hasn't come out yet, but as far as actual new stuff, he's done. Now, there's been so much, and I do mean so much, um, speculation about where he's going or what he could be doing. The very first thing he did was show up at NWA and challenge Nick Aldis for the world, the, um, the world's heavyweight championship. That says something. I mean, honestly, if this was just six months ago, I don't see that happening. Like, I really do not see Skrull making his first appearance post-Ring of Honor through NWA. Like, that says so much about where this product and where this company is now, as opposed to where it was in just the recent past. But more than that, it shows that the, the top level of talent available on the market is noticing that there are people that are are starting to ask themselves, hey, I wonder what NWA would look like with me on it. And that's awesome. 
Like that is exactly what that company's needed since, um, you know, Billy Corgan was able to, to refound it and all of that, you know, it, it's starting to build that, that, that reputation for quality, not only in, in, in the, the talent that they have or the matches they put on, but, you know, in, in presentation and, and exposure and it's still getting there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know that their stuff's on YouTube and fight TV right now, but they are a lot further along than I saw them being at the, at the end of 2019. So pretty big deal. Uh, NWA into the fire. I recommend checking it out. If you haven't got a chance um, for my money, it was probably the best pay-per-view of this last weekend. So that's final battle, um, final battle into the fire. Oh, and <sighs> forgot TLC. So yeah, out of out of the three pay-per-views, End of the Fire was really the one that that I, I enjoyed the most. So I recommend checking it out. Um and yeah, that that'll that'll be it for NWA. Okay, so the last company I want to go ahead and touch on for this episode of The Undercard is New Japan or NJPW. Um it is a really exciting time on the NJPW calendar right now. Uh, we are less than a month away from the absolute biggest show they do of the year. That's Wrestle Kingdom. It's like the New Japan WrestleMania. Uh, it does happen the first week of January every year. And this year, it's actually a two-day extravaganza. <laughs> now, we talked about this briefly on past episodes, but I'm just going to touch on it again. Uh, again, Wrestle Kingdom this year will be a two-day event. We are going to have matches both uh, on January 4th and January 5th from the Tokyo Dome. And then the way they're booking it is actually really, really interesting. So uh, I'm just going to kind of touch on that real quick. On the first night, we were we are going to have a IWGP Heavyweight Championship match between Okada and... Um, Kota Ibushi, who is the winner of this year's G1 tournament. We also have a uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship match between Jay White and Tetsuya Naito. Now, what's interesting is the winners of both those matches on January 4th are going to wrestle each other with both titles on the line on January 5th. So basically, at the end of January 5th, we're guaranteed to have the first ever unified champion in New Japan history. That's exciting. Like, honestly, I, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of when, you know, you're able, when done correctly and it's the right story, when a champion's able to unite belts and hold two. Like, it's always such a cool visual when you have a champ with, like, belt in each hand. In fact, I'm picturing Chris Jericho doing it right now. But it's a... Uh, It'll be worth watching. So yeah, just kind of want to throw it out there. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, that's probably one of the biggest deals in all of wrestling right now. Less than a month away. Lots of build happening for it. Now, while we're talking about the build, though, I actually need to backtrack a little bit. Because, thanks to my tardiness with this episode of The Undercard, we haven't been able to talk about the World Tag League since it ended. I know that we talked briefly about what to expect with the finals coming up, but the finals did happen. And for those who haven't seen, the winners of the New Japan 2019 World Tag League are none other than Finjuice. 
<laughs> which I, I still think we need a new name, fellas, but I will tell you that I am on board. I think Juice Robinson and David Finley are super entertaining. I think there's room for them in New Japan to be a big-time tag team right now, and I am very, very happy to see that they won the tournament. Okay, Now, it was really interesting in the World Tag League leading into the last night, there were still three teams that were technically alive to win the tournament. We obviously, Finjuice, who ended up taking the trophy home, but in addition to them, we did have the... Um, LIJ or Los Ingrenables de Japón, uh, a duo of uh, Evil and Sonata. I believe they actually call their team Cold Darkness, but I'd have to look into that. Um, and then uh, Gorillas of Destiny. That's the Bullet Club combo of Tamatanga and Tangaloa. Now, the last night, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's it's a good night of it's a good night of television of wrestling television I should say lots of kind of drama that's being built along the way and I do like kind of the story it told by the end but um yeah on the last night uh, we had the three teams still uh, alive and in contention for the World Tag League Championship um, now two of those three teams that is Finn Juice so David Finley and uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, they went head-to-head -head with Cold Darkness, Evil, and Sonata. And then we had the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga uh, and Tangaloa, uh, in a tag match with uh, Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii. Okay. Now, again, we, we knew how that all, all shook out. Again, the Finn Juice ended up winning it, winning everything outright. They are going uh, ahead to Wrestle Kingdom, like we just talked about, where they will be wrestling the Gorillas of Destiny, most likely, unless for some reason they lose the, the titles between now and then. But it does look like it'll be Finn Juice versus the Gorillas of Destiny for the IWGP Heavyweight Championships at Wrestle Kingdom. Now... The reason I really wanted to take a step back and talk about the World Tag League is because of the fourth team that we've mentioned so far, and that's Yoshihashi Tomohiro Ishii. Now, these two wrestlers are wrestlers that I'm a bigger fan of now than I was going into the tournament. And that's saying something because I was actually a pretty big Tomohiro Ishii guy coming off of this year's G1. I, to this point, had found Yoshihashi to be kind of disappointing, but um, that all turned around. Uh, I just want to point out how strongly uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi, who, to my knowledge, weren't a common, consistent tag team leading into this, but they were booked very strong as a tag team. I think that could be a really interesting pairing um, for New Japan, having those two in tag action. And so what I'm saying is, is I'm hoping it continues. I'm hoping we do get more Ishii and Yoshihashi working together. Um, you know, they are part of the same chaos stable and, and that could be cool. It could be good for both of them. I don't see either of them in, in a real conversation for a singles run or title or anything like that in the near future, especially with Ishii recently having the never open weight championship and Yoshihashi recently uh, challenging for that championship and, and, you know, being unsuccessful with that. So Feeling like the tag um, picture, the tag division may be the best thing for either of those guys. And I'd like to see them get that run. So there's that. Um, they did finish in fourth for the tag league. Now, 
moving on from that, though, I want to get to uh, what's called or what's coming up next. In fact, as I look at it now, I believe it'll be on uh, here in the next three or four hours. But we do have the next New Japan event leading up to Wrestle Kingdom. And what I'm talking about is Road to Tokyo Dome. Now, Road to Tokyo Dome is uh, three nights, uh, an event each night, and it's basically an opportunity for everyone that's confirmed for the Wrestle Kingdom shows in January to get together, you know, kind of build those matches, start working out the kinks. We're going to see guys like Okada and Kota Ibushi in the ring together on opposite sides during a big tag match, so they can maybe, you know, kind of tease what, what they're looking to do for their big match at Wrestle Kingdom. But yeah, that's actually getting started um, tonight. So that's uh, December nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty-first. Um, those are th- those are going to be the dates. Now, again, those dates are in Japan, though, so it's like super early in the morning on each of them. So just keep that in mind. But I recommend checking it out. Um, when I first started watching New Japan, it was because of Wrestle Kingdom and because I wanted to see the build. I, I went back and watched uh, like the Road to Tokyo Dome from that year. So it's worthwhile. Like you'll even if you haven't been able to watch the G1 or the World Tag League or, you know, whatever, um, if you just tune in to to these um, three shows, and maybe not even all of them, but at least one of them uh, for Road to Tokyo Dome, it will catch you up on all the major happenings. You'll know, you know, what the storylines and rivalries and angles are going into Wrestle Kingdom, and you're probably going to enjoy some pretty entertaining matches. So, recommend checking it out. Um, New Japan is available uh, for streaming through NJPW World. Um, with them, it's a little tricky depending on what you actually get. Sometimes you'll have a live English broadcast to follow along on. Sometimes you have to wait a few weeks and sometimes you don't get an English stream at all. So with these though, I can tell you unless my Google translate did not work earlier when I was checking it, it does look like new Japan world is going to have all three road to Tokyo dome events plus wrestle kingdom. So if you're looking for the right time to maybe jump on that bandwagon for just one monthly price right now, you get all of that. You get your road to Tokyo dome, you get wrestle kingdom, uh, both nights of wrestle kingdom and what is sure to be a history making moment with the, the double champ. All right, so I guess that'll that'll do it for the undercard tonight. Um, you know, kind of went through and touched on everything that, that we haven't been able to talk about in the last couple of weeks. Uh, before I sign off, I do just want to thank you for, for listening. As always, we really appreciate the support. Please don't be shy. Dude, we love to get the feedback. We love interacting with the rest of, you know, the, rest, the wrestling world and, and fans everywhere. So, uh, you get at the show, uh, email is the botched finish at gmail.com. Um, you can get at us on Twitter at botched underscore finish for the show myself. I'm at Rob Lopaki, R O B L O P A K I. And, um, yeah, man, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a wrestling fan. And I look forward to doing this again.